Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Do you cheer for a team without a head coach? Is prayer the only way you'll hear your team's name on Selection Sunday? You might be suffering from depression, anxiety, or what we like to call March Sadness. Have no fear, Cornbread Hemp is here. Cornbread Hemp's organic, full-spectrum CBD products have just what you need to relieve everyday anxiety. Try our extra-strength gummies today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. Don't wait to beat the buzzard. Try Cornbread Hemp today. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning! Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cap, just the cap, just... Cats. 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 Cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. February 25th, 2022. Only two more shows in February. Today and Monday. We'll worry about Monday. We got a whole weekend till Monday. Monday's never getting here. Happy Friday to you. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Scooter Dingus, how are you on this Friday morning? I am swell. Indiana got back on their winning ways. We snapped the long losing skid. I couldn't have started a Friday off any better. Pretty cool. Justin bringing the enthusiasm I'm this pumped. morning. I am pumped. They, they reeled me back in last night, gave me hope again. Come on. You would have thought that they beat a decent team. Yeah, oh no, Maryland's horrible. But it was a win. It was a nice sight to see. I forgot what winning was like. Um, the jerseys were horrible, but they won, and that's all that matters. So I'm sure the jerseys were for a special cause or something like that. Uh, they were for honoring black excellence. <laughs> okay. And the flower and the flower that was on those pink flowers you saw all over, all over them, that was the state flower of Indiana, the peony. I don't know, so would that be considered honoring black excellence with those jerseys, or did it maybe have an unintended effect with them? Because they were bad. They were bad. Oh, they, oh, they were awful. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll I, agree with you on that. My thought was it was for like a charity or like. I thought it was very like anti-cancer. It yeah, looked like the NFL. I, um, I thought like, like a sick kid designed the jerseys or something. Same, Roush. Say, how are you doing, Nicholas? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, a little moving slow, but. <laughs> Ready to roll, ready to rock. Did you have poker last night? I did. I did. I'm not a good gambler. Oh, uh, we've heard that before. So yeah. you're you're a little hungover. 
Uh, you know, not really. I'm, I'm all jacked up on caffeine right now, ready to rock. Seems like a cornbread hemp morning, if you if you ask me. We have a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to have Bobby Regan on in hour number two to talk college basketball. This is the second to last weekend of the regular season. It's the last weekend of the regular season for some of your smaller conference teams. We'll get some conference tournament play started next week. But for the big boys in the Power Six, you get two more weekends of the regular season. And then, boom, it's postseason time. Cats take on Arkansas in what should be a really tough game. And we don't know the health status of Kentucky's players. We're going to talk a lot about that today, which I guess maybe we just jump right into. I do want to talk a little bit more about the basketball last night. IU, as we mentioned, got a much-needed win against the 13-15 and 15 Maryland team. If you're keeping tabs on the National Player of the Year race, a.k.a. me, because of the financial investment involved with it, Illinois and Kofi Coburn, they get beaten at home, JK47. A wild yeah. night in the Big Ten. Ohio State comes into Champaign and gets what looks to be like an easy win. And then Roush, oh, uh, Illinois pulls the old LSU press in the final four minutes or so. And they mm-hmm. turn a like a two or three minute, 10 point deficit into a two point game. Same thing LSU did where it's like, all right, we're going to do a really aggressive press. We're going to get called for some fouls, but we're also going to get away with a bunch and force some turnovers. They got away. Uh, the with one thing, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a play right before they hit that. Um, they cut it to four the, the first time where it was some very obvious fouling. They also did the Brad Underwood did the let me get ejected from the game and fire yes. the crowd move, yes. which is it's such a great move. And, uh, the thing that I appreciate about the coach ejection is even though they're not good actors, they really sell it well whenever they're like to, to really ham up how mad they are. And like, I, I love it. I, I love it so much. He even did the like, hold me back. And then as he's walking away, he turned and like came back again and got another piece of his mind. It was a, uh, it was a classic, classic college basketball coach ejection, but it worked. I mean, they, they had a chance that that shot that they put up, there, it wasn't even a shot. Like he decided, I'm going to pass it, but there's nobody here. You you might get called. Like you mm. might get them to bail you out with the cheap foul call if you at least shoot it. I don't know why the Illinois guy didn't even try to shoot it. That was a a great comeback, and then just a terrible, terrible shot at the end. Well, it wasn't even so much a shot because he just threw it directly out of bounds, which you kind of felt bad for him. But uh, yeah, horrible, horrible play. Kofi ends up with. 12 and three. That's big. Is, that's big. It's not good. Like, that's not a, you know, it's not like the worst night a basketball player can ever have. But when you're in the national player of the year race, 12 and three on 33% shooting from the oh, field, yeah, five or 15 bad, shots, took 15 shots to get 12 points. That's coming off a night before where Johnny Davis, who is in the player of the year consideration, he has just 12 points on three and nine shooting. So if you're doing this by like a game-by-game basis, Oscar's week so far significantly better than the two people uh, nipping at his heels, and they are nipping at his heels. It's to the point where Roush, you can almost tell who knows, like who actually is following along with college basketball and who doesn't based on their takes on National Player of the Year. And the camera slowly, of course, pans to Jeff Goodman. (laughs) He is just... 
I don't know. Is he still on the Johnny Davis thing? The the same Johnny Davis that had what, like twelve points the other night? Yes, he is on. He he his top ten. He's got Johnny Davis number one and Oscar number two. But he wants everybody to know that the award is actually as wide open as ever. So despite despite Oscar being a heavy favorite in Vegas, despite Oscar having significantly better numbers, despite Kim Palm's National Player of the Year having the the gap between Oscar and the number two player. He does it, you know, Ken Palm's all about numbers, all about statistics. Right. He's got this formula, efficiency. blah, blah, blah. Big, he's, big, he's, big on efficiency. Big on efficiency, sure. He's got this national player of the year ranking tool, and the gap between one and two, between Oscar and the number two player, is wider than the gap between two and number ten. <laughs> But Jeff Goodman thinks that it's wide open and actually Oscar's number two. So do we think that this is a, like, is he doing this just to try to ham up some interest in his work? Like, you know, this guy, like, we've got to talk about this play. Like, I I think that it's more, it's less of a shot at Kentucky and Oscar as much as he's trying to artificially create a storyline so that they can discuss it on their 17 different podcasts. Just feels yeah. a little, you know. There's no doubt that that's he's. I think partially doing it to like drum up interaction. Uh, in his reply to his tweet yesterday of like his top ten, whatever. People are entitled to their opinions. If you think Johnny Davis is a better player than Oscar Sheboy, I don't have any issues with that. And if you think Kofi Coburn's a better player than Oscar Sheboy, I'm not going to argue with it. But if you're going by numbers and what we've seen this season it is a little ludicrous to talk about national player of the year. You can think somebody's a better player. That's fine. I don't think Oscar's the most talented player in basketball, and I think most people would probably agree with that. But if you're going off impact to team, numbers, impacts in games, being consistent, all the things you look for in a national player of the year, it's really a, a non-starter for me. But somebody in the replies to his tweet said, so just in five days, EJ Liddell went from being in the top five of your National Player of the Year race to unranked just in five days. And Goodman will do that. He, you know, he does that stuff all the time. He's a little sloppy, if we're going to be honest about all this stuff. Uh, when he would, you know, he does his top 25 every like three days. And in a matter of like two days, a team could jump 15 spots in February. And it's like, well, that that's silly. That's not the way that a top 25 ranking. Yeah, but you got to have work. takes, though. He, he's got to get a, his takes ready, which I, I will say, shout out to them. I actually, they have their show that they stream at night on uh, XM Radio in the morning. So the other day on the way to the studio, I was listening to the end of it. I am official. like, I know we've done this like 17 different times, but that game last night, the Illinois game, I'm so fired up for March Madness. Holy crap, it's going to be so awesome. I'm just, conference tournament, I mean, all of it. Just so much fun. Oh, gosh, can't wait. Yeah, anybody that wants to talk college basketball with me, I'm pretty much open for business. Uh, and really, I feel bad for friends, family, especially the wife, because I just am like, a computer drone program just to talk college hoops or watch college basketball. And I feel like with a lot of my friends, Roush, and totally understand it, totally get it. Like, I feel a lot of them, they still obviously love UK and they're excited for this March run just probably just as much as I am. But like the day-to-day -day 
fantasy watching of just like ah oh, sports this is basketball this is what it's all about uh, they don't they don't they've grown up a little bit like they've got families they've got other stuff to do they just can't watch basketball all that much i have a family i have theoretically grown up but i every night it's just like sweet we got these games on can't wait to watch them i go to bed early cuz that is just part of the growing up aspect and then i wake up in the morning and then i do the either finish the game on the DVR or watch the YouTube recordings uh, of the highlight packages of them. I can't get enough of it either, Roush. It, it's surreal almost how quickly this season has come and gone. I mean, we really are nipping at the heels of postseason play. It's right there. It's crazy. I mean, this season has flown by, but it's been a really fun year. It does feel like a year that you've got like 10 to 12 teams that could theoretically make it to the final four well really make it to the final four you're probably talking about 20 teams and then win it all you know you never know when you get there so it's going to be a fun postseason it's been a fun regular season and i'm right there with you can't get enough of it and it feels good i think kentucky fans have been I, I, kentucky fans deserve this and they really deserve a good march and a fun and exciting march as well a deep run in march if not a national championship but we thought that maybe last year was going to kind of be our all right we got hosed in 2020. That was a fun group. They were stolen from us. You followed up with a miserable year, but we ended up just needing to wait one more because this is one of the most fun Kentucky teams that we've seen. This is certainly, I think, the most fun year we've had in radio doing this, Roush. That 2019 team was fun. The 2020 team obviously was fun. Didn't get the payoff with them. But there's never really been a group like this since you and I have been doing radio together. No, no, no. You can you can feel something special is, is on the verge of happening. And now it's just enjoying the ride, as Calipari likes to say. Kentucky's going to go to Arkansas this Saturday. Uh, very excited. And the last, uh, last big, big road game environment. I'm sure Florida, you know, but like Bud Walton's a little bit different, a little bit bigger. They're, uh, I don't know if they actually are a top 25 team though, TJ, but they should be on the verge of it. They get a lot of mojo going down there. We, Muscleman is. Mr. Fired up the crowd. He's been endearing to Louisville fans. They've loved it. Maybe a preview of what's to come in the Kentucky Louisville series in the future, dare I say? No. Maybe. To Louisville? Who knows? Uh, but I, I love they're doing the stripe out. Not just a regular one t-shirt out. We're having multiple t-shirts. So. I think the stripe out is better if you can organize it successfully. You generally need to give it enough time heads up. You need to probably provide the t-shirts as well. Uh, a good stripe out can go a long way. No surprise they're doing something for a Kentucky game. We're all used to that. That's that's nothing new. I don't really blame them either. You know, it's a top 20 matchup, big game for Arkansas, but but no surprise. Kentucky's in town. It's Super Bowl time, baby. <sighs> I love how that other like opposing fans get annoyed by Calipariisms. Like I get that Kentucky fans can get annoyed with them. Sure, you, we've heard them for since two thousand and nine, since the fall of two thousand nine. So it, it, they they can. I can understand why Kentucky fan. Like why can why would an Arkansas fan get mad at a UK fan saying, "Oh, this is Arkansas Super Bowl." Uh, I I wonder because they they only see they only see it when he's talking about their team. So I bet they enjoy it. Like, I, I, I'm i sure they're like, ooh, well, like Auburn, 
Auburn fans are still triggered about like UK being like, hey, this was a huge game for Auburn. They were they were really pumped up for this one. And and maybe we should have, you know, matched their intensity because this this was a special game for them. And they're like, no, it's not. What, what do you mean it's a special game for us? Uh, we we always run into the stands and take our shirts off after games. And I even saw a few Arkansas fans be like, huh. We've had great atmospheres here. Nobody's saying you haven't had great atmospheres before. Good teams are going to have great atmospheres. But it's a big game. It's okay. that You don't have to, like, it's almost like they feel like the the emphasis is taken off their team and put on Kentucky when you mention that it's a big game for them. Kentucky will host big games at Rupp Arena. We see it all the time. We see good atmospheres. Uh, when Kentucky has had Kansas come into town, you know, they've done t-shirts and stuff like that. It's because it's a bigger game than normal. It's okay, Arkansas. This game on Saturday is a huge one for you. And the atmosphere is going to probably be Roush. I think at some point you just, you can't say like, this is the toughest it's going to be because Kansas was insane. Auburn was insane. UK has played in Tennessee, even on a, for it being a Tuesday night, late night game was a really hostile environment. So Kentucky's seen this. This may be the toughest that they've come across. I don't know, but I think at some point, loud noise is loud noise. They've been in loud noise. Yes. Loud, very loud noise. Uh, the last time they were down there, uh, that, that was loud noise. Uh, one of the loudest uh, arenas I've been in when Cal got ejected. He did, he did the ejection thing, and it, it worked like a charm. Uh, that was a fun game. Manuel yeah. Quickly and Co. Gosh, let's go do that again. Nothing like getting a good win from Arkansas fans. Because th- that's another thing, too. They're one of the – like, even though they can be – I don't know. It just, it just feels like they care as much as we do. And they're not like idiots like Auburn fans. They, they've they've been around the block. They they know what it's like to be to have a good basketball team. Do are, do they have overinflated ego? Sure, but they're sick and tired of losing to Kentucky, and I'm sick and tired of not losing to Arkansas. Wait, no, I said not sick and tired of beating Arkansas. Yeah, suck it, Arkansas. Well, Kentucky's had success in Fayetteville the last several seasons. Um, I think Arkansas got a win at Rupp recently. last year, maybe, was it? Um, well, everybody but, did last year, you know. Hey, not everybody. Not everybody. Okay, buddy? 9-16. and 16. Oh, I'm so happy it's not last year, though, you know? And you, you know what? Last year, I was like, all right, this is a tough stretch of games coming up. Let's see if this team's learned anything. And then they didn't. They just lost all of them. And uh, – then they went in the conference. Play. Yeah, last year was the the first loss to Arkansas. Period since uh, the Qualls game in Kentucky. You lost by only lost by one. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've game. I've tried to block out a lot of last season. That 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 may have been the throw my phone game. Like last season was so frustrating. I knew the team wasn't good, but they were so close in so many games that you were just oh, it was just different forms of heartbreak on what was an overly miserable season. But it's not what we're dealing with today it's not what we're dealing with this season and i think there's a lot on the line tomorrow i don't think a loss hurts kentucky in the slightest even if kentucky was at 100 percent, even if they were without wheeler and washington even if they have one of it i don't think a loss really does anything roush uh, it will hurt you in the sec standings and we can talk about that and we have talked about that but i think you're playing with house money a win and to me you are definitively on that one spot and the only way you come off that one spot is if you lose another regular season game or maybe lose in the first round of the SEC tournament. And I don't even think it's a guarantee if those things happen. But if you win tomorrow, Roush, 
by the end of the night Saturday, all the bracketologists, our boy Shelby Mass, they better have you on that one seed, no questions asked. And as a matter of fact, maybe even have you as the number three one seed, not the number four. So you're playing with a little bit of house money where if Kentucky does go on, they do their roadkill thing, they find a way to win. I imagine, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a close game. Maybe Kentucky hits some big shots late and they steal a win out of there. You're one seed. So there is plenty on the line for UK. If you lose, I still think you're comfortably right there as a two, maybe even already a one, but the number one two, if not, in my opinion. So I don't think there's too much to, to lose by playing at Arkansas, but boy, there's a lot to gain with a win. You're certainly right. Because um, I, 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 it would be nice to separate yourself from that, that sort of pack uh, that, we, that we discussed last week with Bobby Regan, uh, where there's about seven, or not seven, there's about, in that top seven, there's a top three and then four or five other ones kind of all muddled together. It'd be nice to get that win uh, because the way that they, like, things could get really crazy on Saturday because Tennessee and Auburn are also playing. That's where we're really, I think, going to find the pecking order of the top four seeds going into the SEC tournament. So you can do yourself a lot of favors with a win, uh, but you also are potentially without your guards again. Uh, you know, there's no indication one way or another. And Kentucky's won a lot of different ways without. <laughs> those guys over the last two games they won the grinded out they won the big scoring performance but i i do think that keeping that lightning in a bottle as good as the cats are being able not to turn the ball over on the road in a big time environment let the other teams go on runs i'd really like to have severe wheeler back i i would assume that he's probably more likely to return than ty ty washington um but cal could be just doing the heck with it like we we've come this far. Let's just let's just keep rolling the ball out there. See see what else we can do without these guys. Yeah, let them rest up one more game. If you lose, then you get the caveat of yeah, Kentucky did lose, but they lost that game without their starters, which I promise you is on Calipari's mind. Um, I I think ultimately number one priority is get his players healthy, get ready for March. I don't think he's fibbing about any of that stuff. But you'd be naive to think that he knows that in this Arkansas game, there are there are different outcomes and there's different options. You go down there, you win, great, who cares, blah, blah, blah. You go down there and you lose at full strength, okay, not a big deal. It's Arkansas, it's a tough place to play. You go down there and lose not at full strength, People, are, that's going to be a caveat that's thrown in with that loss. I think Calipari knows that. Let's go to a break, and then we'll update what we're hearing on the injury scuttlebutt, what some of the rumors are, and what Kentucky could be looking at, like down in Fayetteville. Later in hour number two, we're going to Bobby Regan on from Barstool Sports. Always a fun Friday conversation with him, talking about college basketball landscape as a whole. And then we'll need to get an offensive coordinator update for UK football as well. And Roush has been teasing and playing and hinting that UK is going to have a new OC sooner rather than later. So we'll get that update also. It's a Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Do not go anywhere. KRC on the Big X, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I am king of four words. It's how I like to do business. Everybody joking around. We're like friends. I am Chandler and Joey and uh, Pam is Rachel and Dwight is Kramer. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM. If you don't enjoy that FM station, try the AM station, 1450. We got both of them in the Louisville, southern Indiana, surrounding Jefferson County areas. Check them out. If those don't work, try streaming service, or if you're outside the area, just search Kentucky Roll Call. I prefer the TuneIn radio app or tune in on the desktop. That always works. You can go to thebigexportsradio.com and stream the show that way. Plenty of ways to listen live. And if you don't want to listen live, then we highly recommend either the replay of the show, 9 to 11, on Big X, on the, all the same platforms I just mentioned, or Roush the podcast, which is how a lot of people listen to our show. I would say yeah. probably the majority of people. And it's brought to you by our good friends at Cornbread Hemp. Uh, if, if you haven't tried it yet, you need to go to cornbreadhemp.com. Promo code Big X will get you 30% off to outstanding organic full spectrum CBD products. That means it includes a little bit of THC with that CBD. How does it work? I'm no scientist, but I know it works well. Uh, whether you're fighting a hangover, you've been working out pretty hard, you're down in the dumps, uh, it checks a lot of boxes for you. Try it today. See for yourself. Use that promo code Big X at Cornbread Hemp dot com and cure yourself from the march madness not like completely but you know just take the edge off a little bit especially will be important for when march sadness rolls around which justin found out yesterday it's not going to be his hoosiers that have to deal with march sadness nope Uh, not yet definitely not going to be sad no way not yet they're in baby no no you're in no that win last night does not get us in no you know that tj Stop hyping me up. I just were so excited to start the show today. I like it. I want to no, I, I I keep I am, going. I am still excited, but don't falsely hype me up because you know damn well that win last night did not get us in. We have to beat Rutgers in Minnesota and win one in the Big Ten tournament. Listen Seems here. unlikely. Listen here, buddy. You're 8-9 and nine in, in a good conference, probably the second best conference this year. You're 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 playing hard. You're doing your best. You're 17 and 10 on the year. I say you let them in. Let the Hoosiers in. Let them in. in. Let, let them, them in. in. Yeah, I'll, I'll get let behind that. In. Big game at Minnesota on Sunday night. Yes, very cool. big game. Which, by the way, can I just say I hate Sunday games. I, w- I wouldn't want a Sunday at six. I agree with you there. If I'm, I, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I miss, I miss the occasional UK SEC Sunday game. But Roush always liked them because they were at like noon, one, or at the latest, yeah. seemingly two. I'm a big fan of uh, like that that one o'clock game. I feel like it's a big time. I'm doing some chores while that game is on. Like I, I just have that in. The, it's, it's not like NFL Sunday, but you have that game on accompanying you while you do your adult stuff that you got to catch up on like oh haven't done laundry in a week let's let's catch up on that today that sort of stuff love that one o'clock game on cbs see the part that i hate about it though is that pretty well everyone else plays on saturday so you've got the saturday madness and you've got all these games going on and you're so excited then you realize your team doesn't play and it's like well crap 
got to wait a whole nother day. This sucks. It's a little different for college football than college basketball. I actually, what you're talking about, Justin, Kentucky only almost exclusively only plays on Saturdays, but in the rare occasions where they've played Thursday um, and I've wanted Kentucky to play randomly other nights as well, but it's not going to happen. And I'm all right with that. I do enjoy a good old fashioned college football Saturday when my team isn't playing just because it's like, all right, I got from noon to one o'clock. I just get to watch what I want, do what I want. Don't need to focus just on one game. I can kind of, uh, red zone hunt. If a game's close or a team's about to score or something, I can hop over and flip over. I don't mind it in football so much, but with basketball, the game's only being two hours. I can get what you're saying, like watching an all-day slate on Saturday and being like, okay, when's my team got to play? Ooh, I got to wait till Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, the only thing I would worry about if I were you, though, is winning. Just win. Have Minnesota win. Or have Indiana beat Minnesota, not Minnesota win. Minnesota lose. Correct. Yes. That's, that's what you need. Burn the ball also – say that um trace jackson davis really good enjoy like that's probably the what when, when was the last time he had a basketball player this good at indiana justin uh cody zeller victor oladipo i would probably yeah, maybe yeah, oladipo. OG uh, yeah. but i think no he was he's better than him he he is awesome yeah trace is better ball. than og but he he did not have a good good game last night at all of course he, he got in early foul trouble again but He's just such an like he moves so well for his size. Did you all see the bounced in basket? No, Ooh, I did not see the bounce. Oh, in. you've you've got to check it out on my Twitter. It is the coolest basket you'll ever see. So basically, Indiana had this player spike down an offensive rebound like he was a volleyball player. He spiked it, bounces off the floor and into the basket. Coolest hoop I've ever seen in my life. And it counted. And it counted. Yeah, it was an all. He got an offensive rebound and a bucket out of it. It was great. Oh, wow. That is really cool. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the guy was just trying to, like, claw to get the rebound. Yeah. And the way he smiled, it, it, it was it, – wow, that's fun. Isn't that cool? It's kind of like when you uh, – it, it was – the Indiana guy did it, but that was kind of like whenever a guy goes to grab the rebound, he misses it, and he own goals it. It was like the, the opposite version of that. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, I saw that live last night, and I was like, wait. And I knew as soon as it hit the floor, I was like, that ball's going to go in. And sure enough, oh, my gosh, that was wild. Well, Roush, we ended the first segment teasing some stuff. So injury stuff, you had mentioned it. Uh, seems like the scuttlebutt, just scanning across people with inside info and all that stuff, is there is an expectation of Wheeler to play on Saturday and Ty Ty to be out. Uh, there's some message board rumors that Ty Ty may be held out till SEC tournament or NCAA tournament. Obviously, I don't know if a lot of people know if that's true or not. Um, wouldn't be the craziest thing to say that he's going to be held out for the SEC tournament, that theoretically would be missing uh, another week of basketball and three more games, which doesn't seem insignificant. But uh, another week, you could see somebody that's kind of a little banged up needing an extra seven days to rest up and really wouldn't be just seven days. It'd be seven days between now and well, eight days between now and the end of the season. And then an additional, what, six It'd be days, like three between, weeks total. Yeah. Uh -huh. an additional six days until Kentucky would actually play in the sec tournament down in Tampa. That's not the wildest thing in the world. I don't know if it's true or not. I think the bigger story though, is there seems to be some expectation that Wheeler's going to give it a go tomorrow which as you mentioned in the first segment would be huge yeah and the thing that's um 
I, I don't know. I don't think it's anybody having like inside sources or anything on this it, because it, generally speaking, folks aren't, you know, if you get any injury scoop, usually it's just teased about an hour before tip off if they're going to play or not. So like, I, I think it's all just like an assumption that, well, he doesn't look that hurt I, and hell and the game that he got hurt. I don't even remember that happening. Um, was I guess it was the Tennessee game. Yeah, I, I, I remember it. He was just kind of holding on to his wrist for like the final few minutes, couple minutes. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, I, I think we're all just operating under assumption, like, you know, it's been a while. I don't think he's that hurt. He'll probably play because, and that's kind of been, I think, most of the little injuries gotten here and there. It's either been you're back right away or you sit out a week. And, uh, we already got his two games in. It's been more than a week. Feels about time for him to come back. I hope so. Kentucky could use some ball handling. We know Wheeler can cough it up and he can have games where he'll have a lot of turnovers. I think if he plays, you take into consideration a little rust of about a week off, a little over a week off, and tough environment against a tough defensive team that's going to pressure. I don't expect Wheeler to have like an amazing game, but if it can make things a little easier for Grady or Mintz, that overall would help the team and help the offense. Because I felt like there were times, and ultimately – I thought this more in the first half than I thought the second half, weirdly enough. I thought there was times that Mintz and especially Grady just looked dead out there on Wednesday night. At halftime, I don't know if they regrouped, regathered, or whatever it was. They looked a little more energy in their legs in the second half until you know maybe the final three minutes when they started turning the ball over left and right. But it would be big for them if they didn't have to worry about bringing the ball up the court, if they were able to get even just two or three extra minutes on the bench, getting some rest, it'd be a big deal. So getting even one of Wheeler Washington back, I think greatly increases the chances of a win tomorrow. Still a tough game would still be a tough game. Even if you were at a hundred percent full strength, but Roush, I was, I'm, I'm kind of under the impression if Kentucky doesn't have one of Wheeler Washington, ideally both, but if you're without both of them, I really don't think Kentucky would have a chance. And I know UK just beat two teams, two good teams without those players, but those were both at home. Arkansas is a good team as is. It's a tough place to play as is. I, I wouldn't even consider a chance Kentucky winning without at least one of those players. Uh, so it'd be good to have one of them. And I'm, I'm not meaning that as like a slight or a negative take against Kentucky. It's just probably do for probably do for a loss especially when the injuries catch up to you well, and and i think the the point you made about getting other guys a break that's probably more significant than everything it's one thing to play 40 minutes and a couple of home games back to back it's another day to try you know 36 to 40 minutes for all five starters again on the road that you know that i, I think that can that can really wear on them and, and that's the difference between being able to withstand you know a I feel like the tired legs, uh, a 6-0 run by the opponent can turn into an 11-0 run pretty quickly if you just make a mental mistake because you're dog tired uh, while the other team's got a little bit of mojo. So th that's probably where I think it's as significant in this matchup than anything is just, just lightening the load for everybody else that's been carrying a heavy one the last two games. Yes, well said, and that, that will be – that would be a big deal. So uh, if I were guessing, that sounds like we're going to see Wheeler tomorrow – Probably no Washington, but as Roush said, we'll find out. We'll find out at 2 o'clock tomorrow 
on CBS, which is great. Love CBS broadcasts of Kentucky games. Uh, and we'll talk more about the Cats and the Hogs as KRC rolls along. I need an offensive coordinator update, though. You do? Well, I do. let's get I one. It. I need it. Let's get one, shall we? Uh, there was a lot of names thrown around yesterday, and I didn't recognize any of them. Well, the big one that came up was Dal Woggins, who uh, spent 13 years in the NFL, pretty much his entire career there, except for last season. He was the tight ends coach for Arkansas. Um, 13 years in the NFL, and I think half of them, either five or six, he spent as an offensive coordinator. Um, Bears, Dolphins. Uh, most recent, recently with the Jets. I think there was a, a Titans year might have been sprinkled in there as well. Uh, so that's it's kind of crazy to say out loud that, yes, you have a two-time play caller in the NFL who's a candidate to become Kentucky's play caller, and yet it does seem a little underwhelming at times when you look at his resume. Not so much the, oh, my gosh, uh, he's been in the NFL for a long time. It's more so that he coached with Adam Gase for a lot of those years. That's, I think, the the biggest kind of like uh, reservation that I have is like, oh, gosh, Adam Gase, that guy, big dum-dum, bozo. One of the biggest bozos I think we've had in the NFL in the last decade. So, uh, And he also, since he was with that bozo, there wasn't a lot of playoff appearances. I think he went to one in his first year as a quality control guy, um, but has not been back since. So there's not a, a, a ton of... Success there as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, but I guess if there was, he'd still be there. So he, he hit the reset button with Arkansas last year. They were really good. Uh, he he got some recruiting wins. So um, he is one of the, I think there's four options on the table. And the, the, he is one of them that we can confirm along with Calabrese from the Jets. Um, th those are the two we know with 100% certainty. The other guys... Not sure. We're all kind of just guessing, but it's probably like the the receivers coach from the Bengals, who previously actually coached Wondell at Nebraska, or also the the Whipple guy. I I have a feeling one of those is also a finalist as well. But we didn't get the full four candidate list. Um, but I I still think the way things are kind of moving that one of the names will emerge. Uh, this afternoon at some point as to who's going to be next, Kentucky's next offensive coordinator. Do you think Kentucky's offense would be in the danger zone with Kenny Loggins running the show? Uh, let me take other teams to the danger zone, the highway to the danger zone. <laughs> and you can confirm though, it wouldn't be Kenny Loggins being the OC. It, it not Kenny Loggins. Dow Loggins. Gotcha. Very similar, though. Got very, you. very similar. Yeah. Um, the, I think there's also some fans have raised some legitimate concerns. He's only five foot six. Justin, can we trust a five foot six guy to be a play caller in the SEC? Oh, you can trust a five six foot six guy to be whatever you want him to be. Just don't uh, trust your right, just don't trust him around your wife. If he's 19, <laughs> yeah, I agree. If he's 32, he's much more mature and grown. So so your wife's not in the physical. You're, you're, you're no, not like physically grown, though, like just right. mentally grown. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Good to know. Good. Yeah. Good to have an update. Um, I, I I'll just be honest with you. The the Dow Loggins doesn't doesn't do anything for me. And to be honest, the Calabrese doesn't do much for me either. But to be fair, to be fair. 
Liam Cohen wouldn't have done so much for me when Kentucky, you know, just from the name alone. Uh, I did, you know, the pedigree was kind of exciting. You can make the case for Calabrese that that would be similar. But, yeah, so far, haven't really moved haven't really moved my needle yet. But then again, as the texter said yesterday, uh, I was cool with one more year of Eddie Graham, which is going to age poorly, that take. Wasn't such a bad take at the time. Um you weren't well, alone. There was a there was a lot of folks who believed. It wasn't that. like I was like an Eddie Grand stand that like Eddie Grand is the answer that is going to make UK football great. But I was appreciative of UK's bull shriek. I was appreciative of Eddie Grand being able to figure things out as he went. The Lynn Bowden year was actually a positive, not a negative for me. Um, and, but but there's no denying that the offense looked drastically different in one year. And players came to play for an offense that wasn't Eddie Graham's offense. So I did end up being proven wrong, although that take will continue just to age and age poorer and poorer as time goes on. But there is truth to the fact that, like, Roush, I probably am not going to get overly jazzed up with who gets announced as the offensive coordinator. But I will need to remember that I did the same thing with Liam Cohen. Like, I was optimistically excited all right i'll trust stoops with this one that one turned out i guess i'll probably just end up having to do the same thing with ever whoever uk hires this go around yeah and the other bit of news we got yesterday that was encouraging is that uh liam has been pretty active in this interview process uh not only helping identify candidates but also uh kind of i, I don't know if i would say drilling them but it, at least trying to keep it as consistent as possible like who is somebody that believes in a lot of the stuff that we were already doing here and how do we just keep this moving forward without any major setbacks not only is it beneficial to liam but i think it, it really will help the next guy to have a good idea of what kentucky has done the kind of trajectory and path they're going on with the offense and and where you can add your own little wrinkles here and there uh, I, I know with uh, in Wagons' case, he did have a year with Kyle Shanahan, so that that would check that Shanahan tree. Now it was six years ago, seven years ago. It's been a long time um, since then, but that does he does technically check that box. So um, yeah, I, I I think there was part of it uh, that that they're uncertain about is the recruiting aspect of it and. Also, if you got all these NFL guys, you know, it's it's the point Justin made earlier in this week. How how much turnover are you going to get there? Are you going to become just an NFL farm system where year after year after year? That, I know that narrative was kind of pushed out there last night as well. So I, I, I'm not sure exactly. Like, I, I felt like at noon to 1 o'clock yesterday, I was pretty confident that it was probably going to be Calabrese uh, because that was one of Cohen's guys that he referenced for the job. Um, but now we're kind of just like, oh, well, it's kind of up in the air. Um, they definitely leaked this name out there to, to kind of see a response. It's been pretty tepid at this point. So uh, and I don't know if that'll have any effect on who Stoops ultimately chooses. But um, I, I think your sentiment, TJ, is pretty like that's a pretty common conception right now. I just think the difference between him and the Calabrese guy is people are like well it's more of a risk but uh you know uh, why not roll the dice whereas the the retread one where he's been an OC five times can he be a successful offensive coordinator again uh I, I 
did like that luck. It made the point that like some guys need the hard reset and they end up being really good coaches after the fact. Uh, Lane Kiffin's a popular one that we are well, real familiar with, but Brian Dable this year was, I mean, he's the guy at the center of the floor as a lawsuit. He was the slam dunk, got to hire this coordinator. Um, I didn't know that he had already flamed out once in the NFL. He, he did like five years as an OC, uh, got fired, went to New England, coached, for uh, Nick Saban for a year, won a national championship, got back with the Bills, and now he's the Josh Allen whisperer, and he was the name to get. That that could be the case with this guy, where his first 10 years, he got hired really young when he was 30. They didn't pan out. Maybe Kentucky for a couple seasons is the hard reset um, to make him you know, one of these, put him back on that trajectory of being one of the more sought-after coaches in the profession. Interesting analysis from Nick Roush on the UK offensive coordinator search. One thing that I don't care so much about Roush that I probably would have initially thought would be important, but I've I've done maybe a 180 on it. I do want an offensive coordinator that people want to play for. That's obvious. That's a no doy comment. I'm not gonna care so much about like ace recruiter. Um, I just want somebody that's going to be able to run a good offense and do different things and be able to adapt and will have the offense ready for what the opponent's going to throw at them and then at halftime can make whatever necessary adjustments need to be made. Uh, Kentucky was really good at starting games and starting halves, in my opinion, this past season. That hasn't always been the case for UK's offense. To me, that was a sign of Cohen knowing what scripts would work to start drives, to start halves, to start games. And that all comes from homework, research, X's and O's. I just want somebody that's going to run a great offense, know what works, know how to fix things that aren't working in games. Recruiting, Kentucky's got recruiters, Roush. Never hurts to have a guy that people want to play for. I'm okay with that. Recruiting is not a point of emphasis for me in this search. I just want some, because I do think Stoops has grown as an offensive coach. He's obviously always going to be defensive first. Um, you, you, I don't know. I guess we'd have to wait and see. Last year, I wasn't worried about Stoops taking over the play calling and going ultra conservative and running the ball. I think he's grown. And I think last year probably showed him like, oh, okay, I can have a good defense and an offense that can move the ball by passing and throwing. I think that was eye-opening to him. But I still want his focus to be on the defense and other aspects of the game and allow an offensive coordinator to be trusted enough to do their own thing. And somebody that's going to have to do that is going to have to be really smart, know how, know what works, know what doesn't, all the things that I already said. Uh, I Recruiting, not as huge as a deal for me with this hire. The wide receiver coach could be a great recruiter for all I care. But I want the offensive coordinator to be able to yeah. coordinate an offense. Yeah, yeah I, and I think um... – that that's my main takeaway too is the you want the ace recruiter at your tertiary positions recruiting now yeah. for the offensive coordinator i think really their primary job is to have that good enough offense that when it's transfer portal time these guys are smart and like when you've been in college three or four years like you're not messing around if this guy shows you here's what we're going to do here's how you fit in the offense like that that's as good of a sell as anything, you know, like Tavian Robinson, uh, Javon Baker, like well, hell, Will Levis initially, Wandell Robinson, like those guys, Liam was why they were there. It was because of the playbook. It's not because he was some ace recruiter. Like 
So I, I, I'm with you, TJ. That it should be more about how good are you at scoring points and moving the sticks, not getting the Jimmys and Joes. Because frankly, they have guys that are good Jimmys and Joes recruiters. And if you build it, um, I, they will come. They, you can turn into a great recruiter if you have a kick-ass offense. Sorry, was on mute again. Second time yeah. in the show that's happened. No, you totally can't. And like I said, if you're playing a fun offense and you're winning, people are going to want to come play for you. That stuff can take care of itself. But that's one thing when you I hear you mention all these names and I read them on Kentucky Sports Radio from Lockett or Cats Illustrated, all the great UK websites out there. I, recruiting, cool. If they're a good recruiter, that's fine with me. I just want somebody that's going to run a good offense, knows what they're doing, isn't going to look clueless on the sidelines like Shannon Dawson, unfortunately, did far too often. And uh, hopefully this thing can can keep humming. I do love that Liam Cohen has been helping with the search. You mentioned that first yesterday here on Kentucky Roll Call, that he's having a say in all this. And uh, that's good. I, I think that's really cool. There's right ways to exit jobs. There's wrong ways. Cohen, even though the timing of it all is horrible, he's he's doing it the right way. And he will be remembered fondly, very fondly by Kentucky fans, regardless if you'd never see him in college coaching again or if our paths cross again someday with Liam Cohen. We, we will be appreciative for the job that he did in just one season and respect him even more with the way he handled things when he left, unlike some other coaches that have left, or another coach that has left this offseason, uh, didn't do things the right way. So we'll keep an eye on it. Roush is certainly seeming to hint that you're going to hear maybe a front-runner, clear-cut candidate at some point this weekend, maybe even today. Uh, may not, you know, the official hiring, though, probably still a few days. Right, right. Ways away. I, I did notice that uh, Justin Rowland pointed out they have a second job opening there um, for assistant coach. And I'm I'm wondering if that's just like a, a, a different way to rework Woodward's deal. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe they're going to hire two of the four. Maybe they're going to take the Sean McVay approach. Like, we're just hiring them all. Hire all the candidates. I'm all I'm I'm all for it. I am all for it. I'm all for talking with Bobby Regan as well. And we're going to talk college basketball with him when we come back for our number two. We've got a ton of text on the Thornton's text line. Remember, before you get into the office today, pop by Thornton's. They're on every corner in Louisville. Get yourself some gas. Get yourself a donut. Start your weekend off right with a delicious treat from Thornton's. Maybe a breakfast burrito, a breakfast sandwich. Which one of you is team breakfast burrito and which one's breakfast sandwich? I'm, I'm saying Roush's burrito. Yeah, Roush's burrito, and okay, gotcha. Uh, they love them. They, they they respectively they love their their own. You'll find something at Thornton's you'll love too. They got fresh fruit as well, delicious coffee that will get you fueled up for the day, or maybe your car just needs fuel because that's what they specialize in is gasoline. Thornton's does. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. We'll get to the Thornton's text line in hour number two. We'll get to Bobby Regan. We'll do predictions. It'll be a jam-packed hour two. You cannot afford to miss it. I mean that quite literally. We'll be back. This is KRC. I'm Big Export Training. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! 
Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Apple. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Fun first hour, informative, everything you look for in a sports radio show. We'll do more of the same in hour number two, and we'll have Bobby Regan on from Barstool Sports. You know what also won't disappoint, Roush, is some salseritas. No, never does disappoint because it's excellent. Um Man, very much excited. Like I'm now in the point of life, TJ, where I get excited to go to other kids' birthdays parties, and that's a staple. If you've got a kid and you're having a birthday party, bunch of people over, just make it easy on yourself. Get salsaritas. Uh, they've got they, they 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 bring it to you in a big box. It's very easy to set up. Use the salsaritas app. You'll get a bunch of salsaritas bucks, and your friends will love you because it's delicious. They're hot salsa. Their queso, their fresh guac, they've got the best dips and the, oh gosh, I'm doing it again, where your mouth starts salivating when you're talking mm. about it. The the seasoned meats, oh, so good at Salsaritas. Try, try it out today. You're a big seasoned meat guy. Oh, love seasoned meats. Especially, it's, you know, <laughs> like, there's nothing worse than just seeing, like, a plain Jane chicken tuck. Like, come on, spice it up a little bit. My godson and nephew's third birthday party on Sunday. Sister texted me, said, what's a good place that caters chicken fingers for the birthday party? I said, eh, chicken fingers. That's 2000 and late. Let's go ahead and get some salsaritas up in here. Like you mentioned, they'll come, they'll deliver it for you. They make it easy. Two locations in the Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Download the Salsaritas app. It'll save you money. It'll save you time. We got Bobby Regan on from Barstool Sports. My favorite segment of the week Really gets you ready for the weekend of college basketball. Bobby Regan, how are you? I just want some salsaritas now. I That's what my favorite thing about going to Louisville, not my friends. I want some salsaritas oh. queso. Yeah. Cut queso that up. Greater than friends, yeah. We've got our guests I mean, helping out with the advertisers. What a professional move. You're a veteran, I, Bobby. I'm not even joking. I love salsaritas. <laughs> That's like, I have no, I have no ties to the advertisers. I'm not getting paid from them. I, I just want to, you know what? Salsarita send me your case though. There, let's call it even. Yeah, I, I, we should make that. We should make that happen. People ask me like, do you really like salsaritas? You don't think it's better than you know the competitors? Blah blah blah. I really do, and I, I will admit that I started going there because of the show. Um, really, whenever there was, it was right next to a Dickie's barbecue, which I'm a huge Dickie's barbecue fan. Yeah, that's fan. good too. There's, yeah, there's no, there's no more in Louisville. It's so heartbreaking. But there was one right next to it, and sometimes the line to the Dickies would be out the door. So I'd go to Salsaritas, and I'd be like, "Oh, well, they advertise with us. I'll go sponsor the advertisers." First time I went there, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this place is awesome. Best chips and salsa in the game. That's not even debatable." And then their meats and everything else is super fresh. So it is good. I'm glad you like it, Bobby. Uh, we will, TJ, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Town, let us know. We'll get you some salsaritas. I was going to tell you a secret. That's how advertising works. You go to the place yep. when when you <laughs> they did their job. Yeah, they, they did. They got me hook, line, and sinker. Uh, what else is what else is going on? Normally, you know, I'll throw you something about trivia or something about this. I, I feel like it was kind of a, a was it a quiet week for you? It's been busy. Just with, I mean, it's it's the time of the year now where it's just basketball, and it's just yeah. I, it's like what, everything's going on. Trying to there's too many games. 
I mean, I say that correctly. That there are so many games that it's like my head spin and everyone else that's watching college basketball head spin. I'm like, okay, what are the games that you got to have on? Which ones get relegated to the second TVs and and other TVs? It's it, it's the best time of the year. So it's it's now just trying to uh, trying to navigate that. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. I didn't like last night all the ranked teams played at 9 o'clock. Uh, one of I those know. games should have been at, at 7 o'clock, but it is what it is. I, I wanted, We've talked a lot about this, and mainly because I've put money on it, and I'm sure probably our listeners are laughing because I keep bringing it up. National Player of the Year race. It seems like it's almost a lock for Oscar. Am I, am I crazy yeah, I here? I don't understand why, why it is. I mean, he he's – a lock for All-American, you could tell me he's a favorite. I wouldn't bet an eye. But, like, the fact that he is now being talked about as, like, a a runaway heavy favorite type deal, I I, I don't know. To me, it's just, like, you, I, really, like, the, the race between him, Davis, um, he, he, there's probably about what, four other guys. You could, you could convince me. I mean, Keegan Murray, honestly. Coburn, Davis, and Oscar. Yeah. I really don't think you could even make a case for anybody else besides that. I mean, Chet. I would say Keegan, Keegan Murray should be on that list. Keegan yes, Murray should yeah, be sorry, on that list. I said Murphy. Murray. Pardon me. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. But, I mean, it'd yeah. Be, I, it'd, be, he, it'd be those four. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't think – Part of me wants to throw like a Jabari Smith out there, um, or a you know the thing with like Gonzaga, Timmy and um, and Chet just take away a lot from each other to where you know it's like when the Heisman like you split the votes in the South or whatever. So I mean I get it. It's just it's weird to think that he's such a heavy favorite because it does feel like like him and the three other guys are are all fairly even now like. They all they all have their, I guess like strength. If you want to look at what um, would make them the national play of the year, and then like a, a slight weakness, right? Like if you could say that, I, I mean, we talked about it before. I don't think Oscar is the most important player on Kentucky, while he is also, you know, obviously the nat- like going to be the national player of the year. So it's it's an interesting debate. It's it's a it's a it's a unique year too, where like the All Americans are going to be five bigs. That is strange how that's going to work out. I, I, I Looking at the numbers, he's going to be the first player since 1980 to average over 15 and 15 right. in college basketball. I just think that alone would be like jaw-dropping enough. And then, you know, like Johnny Davis and Kofi, they, they score a few more points, but he – averages significantly more rebounds. So I, it, I, and thing is, and our listeners are sick of hearing about it. I made the biggest bet of my life on Oscar plus 170 for national player of the year, just because I feel like, I don't know how you can rationalize giving it to anybody else up to this point. So I'm just looking for you to tell me I made a smart bet and I'm not going to ruin my daughter's life. So it makes sense. It's, it's not, it's not a bad bet, but what I would say, the reason I could see people voting for like a, a Johnny Davis or a Kofi or um, a Keegan Murray is that, and it's not like the end all be all. Obviously, I'm just trying to say like why someone else would vote for those people is they are the number one option on their teams. Where with Kentucky, you could tell me 
you know, at full strength, Oscar's the second or third option on offense. It's 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 just it's 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 a weird it's a weird year for the race, but it, I don't think it's a bad bet by all at all. And, and Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like all of the other contenders are Oscar is steady Eddie, as Calipari likes to call everybody yep. on this team. And the rest are big boomer bust guys. So like you could, there is an outside shot that Johnny Davis just has a bunch of forty point games and goes bananas and ends up stealing the hearts and. In minds of everybody else out there, is is that really the only way that Oscar? At least in my mind, it feels like that's that's the the ticket to TJ losing his bet. Yeah, that's very possible. Um, Johnny is probably the second in terms of you know what you're going to get basically every single game with him. It's it's rare, and I know he's coming off like his worst game of the season, but it's rare that he's just you know nine points, uh, two rebounds, and and nothing, right? Like he's he's pretty steady with his seventeen points, eight rebounds. So, yeah, it, it would take if Davis goes off. Uh, who they close? If they end with, uh, pull up their schedule real quick. That's the other thing too. It's like, well, all right. So they end with Rutgers, Purdue, Nebraska. Yeah, if they go, if he goes for like forty against Purdue, you might be in trouble. Let me ask you this, because I, I I have no idea, and I'm putting you on the spot. If you don't know either, that's no big deal. They announced the Naismith Player of the Year in between the Final Four and the National Championship game that Sunday. Do they take tournament into consideration, conference tournament, NCAA tournament, and then who actually is voting on the award, or how's it? Who who are the who do who do I need to convince? I, you know, Barstool started a campaign that like, hey, it's a no brainer. You're Dumb, you got dino brains. If you don't think Oscar Sheepway's player of the year, if you started doing that, that helped too. But who does, is tournament taken in consideration in all seriousness? And then who are the people that are voting on this? I don't think the tournament is. I want to say that votes are due before or during the tournament, so it, it can't really be taken in. And then I'm, I forget. It's it's a board. It's like a board. So I'm pulling up right now the executive committee of the Naismith award, like the Naismith trophy. Uh, there's nobody that I, that I've no, like name wise. I know it's a, it's a handful of a bunch of people um, from across all different companies. So I, I don't think tournament play. I, and I don't want the tournament to, pl- to play. It, it shouldn't. I hope it doesn't come down to like, you know, it's a, uh, here we go. Key dates. Let's see when it's due. Uh, it is due. It's watch list, finalists, finalists, boys, all American team. All right. So they don't have like the, oh, uh, it ends on the 30th or 25th, 30th. That's so a fan that's like vote. Weekend. Yeah. So that's the fan vote. So the actual vote would be right around there too. Cause there's four finalists on the 25th that's announced. So I really hope it doesn't take into consideration the tournament because it's, it's not a postseason award. It's a regular season award. I always thought it didn't, but I just cannot find anywhere in writing that it says does not take into consideration postseason play because at that right. point it'd feel like people on better teams would have a better chance to win the award, which is naturally kind of how this happens, anyways. But theoretically, shouldn't be. Should just be the best, you know, one of the best players. 
Um, in this instance, it kind of helps Oscar. So I'm okay with that. All right, I put you on the spot. We're talking with Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports. Should have started this segment with giving you your kudos. You crushed it last week talking about Kellen Grady and how the offense should look if yeah. you don't have a Wheeler and a Washington. Notre Dame is Bobby Regan here joining Man. us on Kentucky Roll Call. Take a victory lap, Bobby. I mean, you did it. You nailed it. So I remember asking you, like, hey, you know, no offense, but if you're so right about this, why haven't they been doing this? So I'll ask you this again. Why haven't they been doing this? Because you were spot on, and, and that's how he played at Davidson, and it translated easily and successfully. And if not for a big game, Kentucky probably doesn't beat Alabama. So part of me thinks it's just Calipari being stubborn, right? Like, it's, we hear it all the time. Even before Cal was at Kentucky, when he was at Memphis, UMass, he's very stubborn in the sense of, this is how this team's going to work. This is how this team's going to win in March. It's not going to look pretty early on. Trust me, it'll be fine. And for the most part, it, it, he's right. So he kind of knew, okay, this like you can't move severe off the ball, right? Like You just can't move a non-shooter like that off the ball. Ty Ty is the second ball handler, which put Grady in kind of a weird spot of being this off-ball third option. Well, with him out, it was like, okay, let's just go back to what he did before and now we have three guys that can do it which I think needs to happen like the team is way better with obviously Wheeler and Washington but what makes this team really go better is when Davion Mintz can just play off the ball I don't think Mintz is the lead guard he's way better off the ball now obviously late game scenario she gotta have him if it's how Ty Ty and Severe you gotta have him and Kellen kind of handle the press and we saw the bad part early on against LSU where LSU's defense is predicated on beating the press and then you had open looks. Well, the shots that were open were for, ended up being for Toppin, Mintz, and, you know, Keon instead of Grady, Ty Ty. So that's why like that, that beginning kind of looked, looked weird and, and, and off. So, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird spot because of the team makeup. Grady accepted his new role, but he also has this. Now you have a nice little wrinkle where you can, you know, hey, someone's in foul trouble between Severe and Ty Ty, someone's banged up. You have this now third guard where it's like, hey, let's keep Davion off the ball. We can keep the same rotations. We now have just slide Kellen over to this. So, um, it's only a reason I can think that why it took so long to do it because, other than that, it didn't make any sense because Kellen's awesome at that that position. More impressive win since the last time we, we spoke with you last Friday. The Alabama game or the LSU game, and where does that win rank in the season wins? Obviously, on Selection Sunday, it's not going to jump out as the best, but taking into consideration the injuries, where where would you rank it? The more impressive win this this week, and where does it rank on the season? So I think LSU is the more impressive win because it's such an easy letdown, right? Like you have the awesome comeback against Alabama. Um, you know, you shoot really well. Kellen has his best game. It's very easy for that emotion to kind of just die down against LSU, especially with LSU jumping out to an early lead. So I think the LSU game was a more impressive win um, strictly because of the bounce back factor. Um, you know, I think Alabama is a better team. I think LSU is a better win. Overall, I would probably put that LSU win behind, um, obviously, you have Kansas. I would say Tennessee at home. The neutral against North Carolina kind of felt like it turned the season around. Um, I would probably have it like the fourth 
fourth best win. Gotcha. I didn't know if you were going to weight it higher just given the circumstances of it. Like, wow, to be able to win that game without the guards, that's as impressive as a win as they've had. Uh, I, I, Kansas, I think, is untouchable at number one just to go in right. Kansas and put a beat but down. Then I think but so. I, I think you can make a case that it's because UNC stinks. They haven't even beaten a tournament team. Yeah, um, no, for sure. But that UNC but, game yeah, felt like it kind of turned the season around. Sure, you're right about that. And the Tennessee beatdown was a lot of fun. And Tennessee's good. Uh, the SEC, it seems like they've got several teams that are kind of surging at the right time. I know you're, we're still a little ways away from the tournament. But uh, Kentucky will play one of them. That's Arkansas tomorrow, one of the toughest, if not the toughest, place to play in the conference. We don't know what UK is going to look like. Uh, we talked about it in hour number one. We feel like it's probably going to be Wheeler will be out there and still no Washington. But we're kind of just guessing. Yeah following the, the scent of, of what Cal is saying and what other folks are saying. But what do you make of this game tomorrow? I think Cats are going to come up short. It won't really bother me. Uh, I feel like you're playing with house money. How do you look at it? Yeah, so that's why the LSU win was so big, too. And, and really the Alabama win is you get back to the house money where uh, – and I agree. I think the likely outcome is, is severe plays and then Ty Ty comes back next next week he gets a couple reps in before tournaments of the rhythms all there and everything like that. So the way I would handle it, I think that's kind of the, the way Cal's looking at handling it. Um, but yeah, house money where you lose to Arkansas, it's very slight punishment. If you win, it's all the upside in the world. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a great matchup. And especially without, you know, without two guards, without one guard with one and a half guards, however you want to look at severe and tight tight coming back. Um, Arkansas is on fire too. Like what Muss has done this year and and, and figuring out it's it's a little Calipari esque where hey I got to figure out this rotation. He brought in all these new faces through transfers, obviously versus you know the traditional Calipari way of freshmen. They didn't look as great early on. He figured out the rotation. He cut minutes. Said this this is who I'm rolling with, and they look legit like one of the top ten best teams in the country right now. So, yeah, I, you know, I'd be shocked if we win um, because, again, it's, it's a road game, unlimited, you know, guys coming off of two back-to-back wins, limited guard play. It's just, it's how, it really, the goal is just win Ole Miss and Florida, or two of the three. You win two of the three, you're locked in, you feel like you're locked into a two seed. You win all three, you feel like you really, really have a, the inside track to a one seed. I agree with all that. Uh, well said. All right, we'll get you out of here on these two things. One, one texter into the Thornton's text line wants to know when the dozen trivia is coming back. And then I want you to set an over-under on Jalen Williams' charges. charges uh, trivia will be back. Trivia will be back in a couple of weeks. Obviously, Jeff had uh, his father pass away. So um, that will be back in a few weeks. Actually, he's going to text yesterday with some schedules. So we're coming back. Um I'm all right. So my over under Jalen Williams is I'll set the line at three and a half. I'll take the under, but I'll set the over of how many times I get mad at the ref wanting to call a charge. If, if that dude takes four charges on Saturday, I'm not watching the end of the, I'll, I'll turn it off. Yeah. at four. There's no way hey, I was going to set it at one and a half. Um, but that, that what, sucks is I, what sucks is I really like Jalen Williams. Like he's a really good player. And it's just like, stop, stop falling over. Please stop falling over. Yeah, it's frustrating. He is a good player. And then, obviously, 
I, I don't know what Kentucky is going to do to try to slow down J.D. Note. He's so good. I don't know if I can ever remember a year with so many worthy SEC Player of the Year candidates. I mean, even Molinar at Mississippi State is having a great year. Walker Kessler is one of the best bigs in the country, and he's yeah, maybe he's overshadowed, yeah, he's overshadowed by the player in his own team. It's a wild year, but it should be a fun one tomorrow, and I'm with you. A win, absolutely huge. Loss doesn't really do too much to you, uh, assuming you take care of business the rest of the way. So, Bobby, you yeah, have just a good avoid week. a blowout. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, it's going it, to – and I wouldn't be shocked if it was a blowout, but avoid that and you should be all right. Yeah, I don't imagine any issues on senior day, and then we'll have you on next Friday and we can talk about that Florida game. All right, sounds good, guys. Have a good one. All right, Bobby Regan, Barstool Sports, always great chatting with him. We'll take our last break. We'll come back. We'll do text the rest of the way on the Thornton's text line. Keep them coming in, 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big Puzzle to get your brain started to start the day. Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Friday. Thanks again to Bobby Regan coming on. We got a lot of text to get to here on the Thornton's text line, Nick Roush. We do. Um, we got a lot of coffee to drink on our Friday at Thornton's too. So stop on by, download that refreshing rewards app. And hey, you stop enough, they're going to end up giving you some free stuff. I had a free drink the other day. It was awesome. That's great. You earned yeah. it, buddy. I did. I'm welcome. What what drink, what beverage did you get? Oh, it was coffee, but mm-hmm. it's good coffee. Good stuff. Hey, and it's free. Okay, yeah. Texter on the Thornton's text line sends in a screenshot of Jalen Williams for all SEC player of the year resume. I mean, obviously, he has a 0% chance of winning SEC player of the year. Not even in the top five, unfortunately. So that's no chance. Maybe like defensive player of the year or something like that. I don't know. But not not player of the year. And the tweet has all his stats. Uh, good numbers. You know, he's a good – like like Bobby Regan said, he is a good player. But he has drawn 41 charges this season. Gosh. That's, that's ridiculous. That is dumb. That is stupid. We need that out of the game. That's not good for anybody. Good. That's nope. uh, that's going to be so frustrating tomorrow. A texture. Uh, go ahead and get ready for it, folks. Yeah, I listened to the Mike Rutherford show on Wednesday. The Mike Rutherford show goes three to six here on the Big X Sports Radio, and it was literally them talking about movies for three hours. A little talk uh, about how all UK fans are shocked Cohen is leaving because we think UKOC is a better job, which isn't true. And a little talk about Billy G. I feel bad for you, all fans, right now. Yeah, so they, you know, if you don't want to be sad, you've got to talk about movies or something. Sad for U of L fans right now. How about the last six months? What about the last six years? Right. Mm -hmm. I enjoy listening. I enjoy listening to their show. Mike's just really good at radio. Talented guy, really funny. Uh, Trevor is Trevor. So that's the Trevor effect of the movies for three hours or just the random wormholes you go down. Uh, I. Yeah, on, on summers, yes, Trevor is like the 
the best, most creative radio genius this city has to offer when there's actual things to get to. Although with U of L, what are they going to talk about? They're what are they going to get to? No, they're not going to get to 500. Um, they're not winning. I don't know. They're not winning another game. So yeah, maybe it actually is already summer radio for them. <laughs> Unfortunately, and I really do like Mike. He is he falls victim of seeing like one tweet and then saying, "Well, UK fans, huh? How about that? You see, they're all crazy about this." When really it's just like one goober has a bad take or like right, Michael right, right. tweeted something out or something like that. It's not really the collective per se. So some UK fans were tweeting out, or I think one UK fan, I, I just did it myself. One UK fan tweeted out the LA Rams parade and it was pathetic and yeah. said something about the catwalk, which yes, yeah, it's the, the guy who's uh, the student section guy. Uh, oh, the, the Matt Sack, Sack guy? Yeah, I like Matt yeah. Sack. Yeah, like, and it was you know, it was it was a funny take. It was like, huh, like, but they took it seriously because he said there's more people at the catwalk than the L.A. Rams parade. Like, I think that was a little tongue in cheek. But everybody, fan, yeah. every UK fan with half a brain was like, we get this. No UK fan was upset or mad or frustrated. I mean, we were frustrated because you don't want to lose that dude. But it wasn't like this grand poopa that he's making this terrible mistake. It was quite the opposite. Yeah, and it was just oh, some people made jokes on like that was a clever tweet, um, and then everybody just started latching on. Yeah, Louisville fans are really good at highlighting like one or two things and then just running with it for a long time. Justin, were you going to say something? No, I had nothing. Trevor lets UK live rent free in that head of his, that big old head of his. He will really use the rent too. Like it's he'll he'll always try to like find a way to bring Kentucky in, but only in like a slightly demeaning. Hey, things are bad. Didn't Kentucky though? Didn't they have that bad? Didn't they? Well, last year they only won nine games though, so we we at least won more. Like it'll be like completely not even in the topic of conversation. Um, he, he, he poor guy. He must have just hated doing show. Well, I guess he did because he never showed up. But he must have hated doing shows with us. He's a big time UK hater. He needs big to get time. back on the. We we gotta dig our calls back into him and bring him back. Make him a Kentucky apologist again because he was. He oh, was. He got off. I agree totally. And, and little like Bert, little birdie told me that Trevor Kelsey himself noted bandwagon fan. Bainwagon Kentucky fan? No, no, no. He was as a he there there are there's photographic evidence supposedly of him being a big Ohio State fan. Oh my goodness. Wow. He really will just uh hitch his wagon to whoever's the flavor of the month. Yeah, he really will. Buckeye Kelsey is what they call him. <laughs> a texter says two hawks mating in front of Roush. An auspicious omen. Cats are definitely taking number nine now. That's what you think it means? <laughs> I That was actually my first thought. was like, wow, no way UK doesn't win the national championship now. <laughs> it's just any time. Like, oh my goodness, there's a <laughs> rainbow. Cats are winning it all. <laughs> oh, boy. It would be great if UK won the championship because it, 2012 is a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, winning national championship confirmed fun. That's just the Should beauty more of often. college basketball is, and you you know, college football as well, sure, any sport, any sport with postseason play. But just knowing that 
we've got a little over, I don't know, we got six weeks till the Final Four, and Kentucky has as good as a chance as anybody to win it all. Hmm. Six weeks, we'll find out. Right around the corner. As uh, one person said, we're one expired milk jug away from the NCAA tournament starting, so we'll be here before you know it. Whoever did that, the beautiful. I I do. I live my life by expired milk jug dates as well. Have you noticed that the? Uh, it feels like they're expiring a little. Like the sell by date hasn't been as accurate as as before. Oh, or you think that you think, you think you're smelling more of a funk before the date would indicate? Yes, yes, and I. But here's the thing: I have a bad like I, I think milk smells generally bad, even when it's good. So I always have to taste it to be able to tell. That's like one of the jobs I have in this family is being the. Is this milk good? Yeah, that's a dangerous. And, you know. Yeah, well, but it, like you know, I dipped for a long time. I know how to put something in my mouth and spit it back out uh, without drinking. So, uh, <laughs> so I. Uh, that's that's my dedicated job, and I, I feel like there's been some times where it's two days before recently, and it's it's gone bad. It's all hell in a handbasket. Oh boy, that was a lot. That was, was a lot. lot. Did that were you were you the did that apply for Duke as well for were you the milk taster for him? Um, I have. Um, <laughs> I have you. T- I have tasted. I had to. It was like I mean, come on. I'm gonna sit here and give him these damn bottles for how long and not at least just it's very bland. What straight from the source? You'd go straight from the source or just bottle? No, oh. no, from from a bottle, not straight keg, from the source. Keg, keg stand? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I've tried it. It's fine. I, I totally agree with you that I also just think that mostly milk doesn't smell good. Um, I will not be the taster. However, the wife can do that if she wants. But if I think it smells especially bad, You're I'm just out. I'm out. Yeah, no, I'm not yep. a big milk person uh, to to even begin with. So, uh, how do we get on this? No idea. Oh, uh, we're milk jug away from the NCAA tournament. There we go. Ah, and I live my life through the dates of of milk. We did uh, it. Can't, can't wait for the old Miss game. I already talked about this, but looking forward to just having a nice big old beer for that old Miss game on Tuesday. A texter says, this obviously isn't Cal's most talented team from an NBA standpoint, but it has a lot more college talent than some of his past teams. Grady, Mintz, Oscar Wheeler were all proven high-level college players going into this season, and I think you can clearly see the value in that. I'm sure Cal can too. Gives a team a higher floor from day one. And that was kind of one of the weird things about this team, though, was it did still take time for them to mesh, even though it was proven college guys. And that's why I felt so confident heading into this season that it was going to, things were going to be fine, Roush, that Water would find its level on the Kentucky basketball program. The nightmare that was last season would not translate over into this season because you just had sure things. And what did the 2020-2021 team not have? It didn't have sure things. I mean, Olivier Saar was a sure scorer, but he wasn't. We knew that he was going to have some faults defensively, uh, all the other stuff, toughness. And then we felt good about the freshmen doing what John Calipari freshmen do. And they did the exact opposite unfortunately took way too long to get going so yes i felt confident this team was going to have talent it was going to have everything you wanted that it was going to be a good team but i'll fully admit that i did not see them needing as much time to mesh 
although admittedly, we should have. They all came from different spots. They all came played different styles. While it was a more normal offseason in terms of training and practice in regards to the pandemic, it still wasn't totally normal. And even then, you still have to go out there and play the games. Uh, so it did maybe take slightly longer than I thought for them to hit the ground running. But boy, when they did, and, and Bobby Regan's right, it really seems like you can pinpoint that North Carolina game as when the, the flip got switched. Which was uh, after the loss to Notre Dame, correct? Correct. And yeah, they yeah. came out with their hair on fire, and since then they haven't really looked back. They've stumbled a couple times. Generally, you can point to an injury or two. Uh, but it did take a little time for them to mesh, and now they've been really nice. Now the only thing is you've got more injuries, so will they need more time to mesh once everybody's back? You don't know. You just kind of shrug your shoulders at that, hope it's not too big of a deal, and you can and you can go. But if you get Wheeler back tomorrow, you're only down Washington, and he's nothing really but a benefit because he adds a dimension that nobody else on this team adds in terms of being able to create and get their own shot. So if he's cold, whatever, you can either bench him or he still requires the attention and respect from a defense, so it still should open up things for other people. He has the assist record, not severe Wheeler in terms of a single game. So he's just he's a cherry on top but you do need at least one of them from a ball handling standpoint ball handler handler standpoint so hopefully one's back sooner than later but uh it's been a really really good group ah a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch um and it's also a lot of fun to read your text on thornton six on 502-414-1450 there's a difference in pulling someone after one possession because they miss a shot and pulling them because they miss a defense assignment or made a mental error um, and that's what we were just talking about the quick hook. And I, I feel like that's usually what Cal pulls people for though. It's like Dante yeah. Allen getting beat back door or something or missing I don't a think, rebound, yeah. you know, I don't, like, I don't know if this texture is seeming to indicate one way or another, but I don't think Cal does pull for missing shots. I think he pulls for the, and maybe that's exactly what you're intending to say. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I think so. I think it's more of like, Hey, we're telling you to do something. Watch for this. You didn't watch for this. We we specifically told you not to get beaten back door, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's what I think. And I'm okay with that. I wouldn't do it personally. I would generally give players longer leashes if I was a coach, but I'm not a Hall of Fame coach. So you got to kind of trust what Cal does as well. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, another texter in the Zorn's text line says, Doug rocks. Good call, Scoots. Thanks. Was that the cartoon? Yeah. I guess I missed you saying that, but I, I like Doug as well. Good old pork chop. Oh yeah. Who was the bad guy? Um, is it Skeet? Oh. No, Skeeter was his buddy. Skeeter, yeah. So. Skeeter, what a funny name. Patty, <laughs> yeah. Patty Mayonnaise was the love interest. Yeah, yeah. Patty I for bad guy. He had the red hair. Yeah. I, jacket. Was it Lars or something? I can't think of the name. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Roger. No, Roger M. Klotz. Like all around great names in the show. No show has a better collective name of their characters than Doug. I mean, first off, Doug's just a good name. Nobody, nobody, everybody likes Doug. Doug. Secondly, Roger M. Klotz for a bad guy. Doug funny for your protagonist. That's great. Yeah. Patty Mayonnaise. And then just Skeeter. Oh man, great show! Nick Nick had some bangers. Uh, watched a lot of Cat Dog. Watched a lot of Rugrats. 
Cat Dog, uh, great theme song as well. Yeah. Cat Dog. Yeah, we could uh, a lot of great songs. We could go down the list there. See, this is how like this is how we would spend our time if Kentucky was bad at basketball. Instead, we're just talking about basketball. Yes, and this next text, we could spend a lot more time on this, but we will not. So, like, did De'Aaron Fox just scam a bunch of people with this NFT thing? The story is not a great look. And admittedly, I only know from, like, a bird's eye view the story, but he had a bunch of people invest in, like, this NFT line and then basically just kind of went MIA, the people that were organizing it, but they were organizing it with – Aaron Fox's blessing and he was like yeah get in on this and he was promoting it and then once people got in on it they just disappeared and it was like a total and complete scam uh, I it, it's a really not a good look for De'Aaron Fox and hopefully he does the right thing gives these people their money back I know I think a lot of people are out a lot of money though but it's not it's it's I may end up reading a lot more into it this weekend. I just haven't really had time or cared enough to do it. Um, but it's not a good look for him. No, no. Um, he called it an ill-timed launch. Huh. Yeah, I would just be staying out. I, I don't know. Like, I, I briefly like looked into the NFTs, but it's it, just maybe you got to be all in on it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to, you know, it's already turned into something. I shouldn't say it's probably going to turn into something. I don't think it's just going to go away in like a year or anything like that. I think it's probably here to stay. And maybe getting in on the ground floor right now would be super beneficial for a lot of folks. But it's just, I, I don't think enough people are going to care about like owning a piece of the internet. Right. And um, yeah, it's just, it's hard for me to grasp. I know some folks that are, they're all in on the stonks. I, I at least can comprehend that. The NFT, I'm just, yeah. Out. Kind of, there's a part of it that feels like NFTs, like your purchase, like when a parent would give like a six year old, like, I bought you a star in your name. Oh, yeah. Or like, you own, that's a great example. You own a piece of the moon. That's like, is there any value into it? Well, no. Or it's no. like the Packers fans, they're, they get all these paperwork for Christmas about how they're part owners one. of the team. Ooh, ooh. I mean, the only thing is NFTs you can actually make money on. It's just like, I'm I'm not going to pay a thousand. People are only doing it, I think, for investment's sake. Like, they're only doing it because they think they can make money off of it. They're not doing it because they want to have that piece of the internet or whatever. Like yeah. this highlight of De'Aaron Fox crossing somebody over. You know, it's not going to make them feel warm and fuzzy at night. Um, so I don't, I think the value is only in trying to make more money off of it. But I guess there could be a market for that. Uh, all right. Anyways, spent way too much time on it. UK staff thought they were going to land Zion. I thought it was a foregone conclusion he was going to Clemson and Duke was out of left field. Yeah, that wasn't the moral of the story, though. I don't, it wasn't that you. What, what is this? Th this is in reference to what was on my Xbox boss's show. Oh, my gosh. Maybe yeah. this was an so, accidental text into our show. I think it was, yeah, yeah. But UK staff did not think they were landing Zion. No, it was Cal was just mad that they didn't know where they stood. Like, I I remember that that recruit. I mean, obviously, I remember that recruitment. I remember that day pretty well. I was up at Saints, and 
it was like, hey, he's going to Clemson. He's going to Clemson. Like a brief, like if he doesn't go to Clemson, maybe it's Kentucky. That'd be nice. Uh, I think we. But it's definitely know, not Duke. But yes, that was the big surprise that it wasn't going to be Duke. But Kentucky did not think they were getting Zion Williamson the day that he committed. They they were actually pretty quite sure that they were not getting him, um, and that he was going to Clemson. The Duke was a surprise to everybody. Uh, and then the more you learn in the Merle Code and all this stuff, uh, you you realize why they landed him. Mm-hmm. Justin, what the hell is Indiana wearing? So glad Kentucky isn't an Adidas school. Ugly, ugly. Did Ray Charles design those awful Indiana uniforms? He would have done a better <laughs> job. I love that Indiana. It's like we're gonna wear different uniforms for the first time ever. No, here's we, what they are. We wore some different ones earlier this season. Um, so both of the different uniforms we've wore this season have been like a creamy color, but last night's was way more creamy than the previous uniform. Did not <laughs> like it. Super Don't creamy. Like it. Ultra Which, cream. but I mean, it makes sense because it's cream and crimson, whereas our uh, normal uniforms are white. So it made more sense, but yeah, horrible. Oh, man. My buddy reminded me during the Zion Williamson commitment at Saints, some lady screamed, he picked Kentucky. Like everybody's watching on their phone. Not everybody, but people were watching on their phones, like at different tables and whatnot. And this lady just saw that he like picked blue. And so she screamed it, and like so, people kind of started getting excited. And then about like thirty seconds later, when some other people's screams picked up, they're like, "No, he, he picked Duke." You, and no, it was a big, it was a big to do. <laughs> oh man, big to do. It would have been nice if he did pick Kentucky. Gosh, what? Whoa, his NBA career. Did you see what JJ Redick said about him? Oh uh, no, I did not. I saw that. Basically, said that he's just a pos. Terrible teammate, doesn't really try, doesn't care. Hasn't talked to McCollum since he got traded from or to the Pelicans. <laughs> Pretty crazy. That's good. He's, that's what you want in your franchise player. You just feel like you get handed like a golden ticket in life and athleticism. And you just I Well, don't you know, he's he's being a dumbass twenty year old. You know, I, I can relate. I too was once a dumbass twenty year old. If I was living in New Orleans, as said, dumbass 20-year-old and had a buttload of money, I would probably be a POS too. So he's just got to – maybe this is just how he uh, – he, he's got to learn the hard way for a year or two before he bounces back. Hey, I don't know. I'm just saying what J.J. Reddick says. But it – even as you as a 20-year-old, for as obnoxious as you probably were, as obnoxious as I certainly was, you, yeah, I feel like I'd be like, hey, I want to work hard. Like, I at least want to work. Like, I want to do my job. I'll have fun when it's time to have fun, but I at least want to be good at what I'm. people think I'm good at. I don't know. All right. The texter. Hey, it's Austin. Hey, Austin. Austin here. When filling out your brackets this year, Murray State should be one of your second weekend teams. All right. The Racers in the Sweet 16, says Austin. 27-2 and two and just beat Belmont by 33. Their last loss was in December, which was at Auburn. Yeah. Uh, then they, I think they just have like a bad loss to ETSU. Maybe they just have a random loss to a team that they just had an off night against. And then their only other loss is to Auburn, which is one of the better teams in the country. Good for Murray state. I don't know. They're not getting as much attention as they did in some of their other great years. Uh, not really sure why that is, but they don't have a like this, ramp. Well, yeah. And even the year before the, the okay, time before they had cannon there for, maybe it's just it, they don't have the star, the star player, a little bit more well-rounded. 
Yeah, yeah. They they don't have the star that's like been there for two or three years too to latch on to. But man, they they put it on Belmont last night. That that arena was rocking down there. Um, so very very happy. I think this is their last season in the OVC too. Isn't that correct? Don't know. I think they're they going go to the Horizon. To, I think they're going to the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley. Yeah, that would make more. That would make more sense. KJ Williams is a good player. Uh, I mean, they have they they're a good team. They're going to start getting more buzz as like a Cinderella, although they're going to be ranked probably within the top 15 by the time the NCAA tournament rolls around. But uh, good for Murray State. Kentucky only going to get two teams in the tournament this year? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. We missing one somewhere? Like Bellarmine, yeah, would no. have a Bellarmine would have a chance if they were eligible, which is so dumb. Um, they could go to the NIT, mm-hmm. supposedly, which is, again, so dumb. But – yeah, this is Murray State's last year. I wonder if they would be at large if they end up getting upset in their conference tournament. Missouri or Murray State? Murray State, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they they probably don't have a ton of quads. I mean, I think only they have one, more game one quad, left. not two. I think they have one more game left until their conference tournament. But if they had lost like three to in the year, then maybe it gets dicier. But yeah, twenty-seven and two or twenty-nine and three, they're they're getting in. Good. Race don't, on. Don't you race up. now? What seed they're going to be? That's 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 interesting. A texture says the shorts won't take slander from a bald earless freak. That's a good point. Yeah, suck it, earless baldies. Wow. AKA Nick Roush. Who I do feel like shorts story? get a bad, like I think you can make a case oh, that that somebody like Justin just gets you, you, you're you okay. I'm not I'm not going down that road. Short short people do get it bad though. Yes, I, I knew I know I knew exactly what you're gonna say before you even said it. Yes, it's it's a whole lifetime of just getting crapped on because you're a little person. And, like, you don't have anybody looking out for you, you know? Right, right. Nobody's ever like, hey, you know, if we body shaming was a huge thing. But it wasn't height shaming. Yep. So shame on you, Roush. Nope. Um, we're going to keep hype, height shaming. Suck it, Scoots. <laughs> not on this show, we're not. John here, good Sunday best more. Good, good Sunday best is a good band morning to all. Okay, am I wrong? I always think it seems like the selection committee always has something against us no matter what we do. Sometimes we don't get awarded properly with the correct seed, so I believe just win the heck out and give them no choice but to give the Cats a one seed. I got the Cats winning by eight plus. Well, have a great weekend. Got to go. Talk to you later. Ooh, eight plus. Winning out would certainly give... Winning out would certainly give the Cats a one seed, and it would maybe even give them the point of a one seed in their geographical benefit, which I guess would probably be Chicago. Um, but it, really no perfect place for Kentucky this year, no shoe-in regional for them if they won out. And, John, I hope you're right. I think that would be quite the feat if they do that. But I, I think they've got one more loss left in them, and quite literally I think that's probably it the rest of the way. A texter says, I love UK Sports Radio, but hearing you two deliver the message is just awful. This is a big Mike Rutherford show, texter. He's a he's a big-time hater. That's all right. Glad you listen all the same. Texter says, is it just me, or does Nick Mingione look just like Crackhead Bob from the Howard Stern show? And um, kind of does. When he, sent the, when he sent the pictures in, I, I, didn't, I admittedly did not know who Crackhead Bob is, but they kind of look alike. 
They do kind of look alike. Good luck to the Batcats this weekend. Who did we say they played? The Western Michigan Fighting Mustangs? Broncos. 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 Yeah. Could we get Trevor to cut a new commercial for that 3 o'clock show? I'm beginning to irrationally hate Eric Wood. We got the Mike Rutherford show commercials playing during our... Oh, wow. They, we're not allowed to promote KRC on Mike Rutherford, but they can promote on KRC? Wow. Hmm. Hmm. That steams my biscuits. Not good. Not good, this division in in the radio station. Oh, it's uh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Oh, Justin, they're going to be in studio today. Leave them a little surprise, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. All right. I'll think of something. <laughs> Texter says, uh, oh. Salteritas uh, put that terrible barbecue restaurant out of business. Wow. We missed another one, by the way. Uh, by the way, Dickies was not terrible. Salsarita's great, but that was the that was basically when those two were right next to each other. It didn't get better than fine dining in the city of Louisville. Like that was your all you needed to go was to the St. Matthews Hubbard Lane Eatery District. Those two locations you could even mix and match if you wanted to. Man, it was awesome. R.I.P. to Dickies in Louisville. That being said, luckily Salsaritas is still there holding down the fort, and it is delicious. Another texter also uh, has a take on the commercial. You guys need to have Trevor cut a new promo for Mike's show, Eric Wood, whatever, outside of his celebration video with Chris Mack last year. Last time I remember him in anything significant was when he made Myron Pryor look like Usain Bolt trying to tackle him on a fumble return for a touchdown in 2008. Man, what a beatdown that game was. Gosh, just Kick their ass. That was the funny, funny thing is, like that would be considered a close game given where the rivalry is now. I know, only twenty six. Boom, roasted. You wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout. Okay, sports talker. I would not be surprised if Kentucky lost by like fifteen tomorrow. No. Yeah, I would. I I would not be. I wouldn't be at all. Wouldn't bother me at all. I, if it was like a thirty point, just complete shackling like uk showed no life whatsoever no it wouldn't surprise me but arkansas is going to play well they're going to get calls uk is kind of they're i mean grady and mints and all those guys have to be exhausted i i wouldn't be shocked if kentucky's in for just not a great game i don't think they should lose by 30 or 40 or anything like that but if it, they lose by 15 or 20 i'm not going to be shocked at all no not shocked whatsoever, but suck it, sports talker. At Baker's Bay for a golf trip yesterday afternoon, guess who walks in? Jawan Howard. Solid way to spin your suspension. Cheers. Man, that's awesome. Good for him. That's what yeah, you, I mean. You got to get out and do something. Exactly. You know? uh, yeah. Trevor's Might entire well. life is lived rent free. That's true. <laughs> and taxes free. Uh, and that's not hate. That's pure jealousy. The man lives at home and his only bills are weed, Taco Bell, and cigarettes. <laughs> well, first off, allegedly. And secondly, yeah, I'm jealous of it too. It's amazing. Good for Trevor. Great guy. Yes, Roush. Kroger milk has become awful. It'll be bad with five days left. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I had to do one of those taste tests this morning, though, because it had February 28th. It's the 25th. It should be good. But I can't, you know, you don't want to take a, take a chance, take a risk. A texture says, working, so I'm only half listening, but the TJ just said he tried his wife's milk juice. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody I mean, does. I, you, curiosity, like, it's, it's, it's undefeated. You have, to, you have to give it a try. 
And with and, inflation these days. <laughs> You're importing your cereal. <laughs> Texter, Texter says, Roger Klotz. You got it, Texter. You got it before we did. So <sighs> good memory. Texter says, cream and crimson. Cream and crimson. More like expired milk and crimson. Go dingus. <laughs> Texter's getting loopy to wrap up the week. Are we keep looking down on all those full heads of hair. Oh man. Wow. Oh man. Major shot to end the week. Let's get to predictions and wrap up the show. Boy, I got hey, Texter. Roush has a family. You know <laughs> what? Roush got, too. Also, uh, unlike these dinguses, I have some confidence in the cats that they're gonna win this game tomorrow. 75 to 71. Suck it, Razorbacks. Woo cats. Who did you pick on Wednesday, Roush? Uh, the wrong team. Okay. Were you? Okay. Kentucky's last loss of the 21-2022 season is tomorrow. I will take Arkansas by 12, and not going to have an issue with it. Arkansas is a good team. That's a tough place to play. UK comes up short. And it will be the last time we talk about a UK loss until uh, November, December, maybe even in 2023. I disagree. I have more faith than you, TJ. I've been wrong on my last five. The streak breaks today. Kentucky, 88-82. You've been oh, wrong gosh. on your last five? Well, on the last five predictions, yeah. <laughs> if, if Arkansas wins, this makes six in a row. I, just call me what? Indiana. What? Yeah. How have you been so wrong? I have no idea. I've, I've mm. literally been wrong on our last five picks. Oh, so you took Kentucky to win at Tennessee. Who yeah. was the game before that? Jeez, dingus. Get it together. I've, I've missed them all. Trust me. Oh, my gosh. Well, I I mean, I, I'm – I hate – okay, anyways, let's end the show. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Be safe. Thanks for all the texts in all week. I hope I'm wrong. I hope these guys are right. We'll see you on Monday. This Bro, is the- – no. <laughs>